Hello and welcome to episode 5 of this bonus series in conjunction with Tipperary Midwest Radio. In this episode, Stevie O'Donnell and our own Francis Coughlin look back on Arville Rover's successful year of 1997. This is the West Awake podcast, West Tip Matters. The West's Awake, the West's Awake. Another goal! And it's Eugene O'Neill who's got it! Is by Johnny Ryan. He's one of the two Johnnies playing at midfield today. We're very precise, and Brian Fox with Tipperary's first. Nineteen ninety-seven. What a fantastic year it was for the black and amber of Arable Rovers here in Tipperary Town. They won the Western County Minor A Football, the Western County Junior A Football, the West and County Intermediate Hurling Championship. Let's go to Francis Cochran. Francis, good morning to you. Morning, to you, Stevie. First of all, you're going to have a look, starting off with the Intermediate Hurling. Yes, Stevie. Arable Rovers and Arlow were the only entrants to the nineteen ninety-seven Western Intermediate Hurling Championship. And they played the final at Cap of Ice on the 12th of October. Johnny O'Donnell had two early points for Arval, but then Cahill O'Shea goal for Arlow. However, Rovers remained the farm size and an 800 points was supplemented by a Michal Gleeson goal to score an interval lead of 1-9 to 1-2. There was a brief scuffle as the sides went to the dressing rooms at half-time. But with peace restored between the sides who combined from senior, the second half was played without major incident. And Arval continued to dominate the play. They were sharper and more incisive and were never under threat. The in margin was 117-27 to with Arlo getting a consolation goal from Michael Moroni in added time. Eamon O'Dwyer was a popular captain and accepted the cup from board chairman Seamus King. It was Arlo's sixth win in the grade. In the county semi-final, Arlo played Kilsheed in a care on November the 9th. It was a thriller. Arlo led 1-9 to 1-6 at the interval. The Rovers goal coming from Johnny, Johnny O'Donnell free. Kishinan quickly leveled with a goal from the restart, and the sides were actually level on eight occasions during the hour. The early goal put Arville back in front, and they went four up, and Michal Gleeson pointed. Neem Stokes with a Kishinan goal, and the seesaw pattern of the game continued, the South Champions going four up during their best spell of the match. But significantly, the West Champions finished strongly, and the last minute, it was a Michal Gleeson pointed free that sent the game to a replay. The final score was Kishinan 4-9, Arville Rovers 2-15. The replay went on at the same venue a week later. Playing against the wind in the first half, Arville trailed by a single point at half-time, 0-7 to 0-8. In the third quarter, Kashidan stretched their lead to three points, 11 points to eight. But Rovers fought back, and then the sides were level with six minutes to play. Then three minutes in the end, with extra time looking likely, Johnny O'Donnell hit the jackpot for Rovers when he netted a match-winning goal. Kashinan got a late point, but Rovers went through on the score of 111 to 12 points. In the final, Rovers played J.K. Bracken to Boherlatton on November the 30th. It was a rugged contest with both sides fiercely committed. Rovers got an ideal start when Johnny O'Donnell batted a Phil Cahill free to the Bracken's net as early as the second minute. It was to be a vital score in a low-scoring contest. By half-time, Rovers were leading by 1-3 to 5 points, and the tit-for-tat nature of the game continued. The Warrival were never headed after O'Donnell's goal. In the final minutes, the Rovers still clinging on to a three-point lead. Their goal line was bombarded by Bracken in search of an equaliser. Michael Kirk's post had some heart-stopping moments, but the defence held. Warrival captured an historic first ever in the grade. They won in the end by 1-6 to six points. 
There were wild scenes of unrestrained joy as Eamon O'Dwyer accepted the cup from County Chairman Paul O'Neill. Arable were the fifth West club to win the title in the 90s. It was an unprecedented sequence of success for the division. The 1997 West Junior A Football Championship was a knockout competition involving six teams drawn as follows. Rose Green vs. Salahid, Emily vs. Canolti vs. Moore, Arlo vs. Arable Rovers. In the early rounds, Emily got a walkover from Canolti and Salahid defeated Rose Green by 1-6 to 1-3 to set up one semi-final. The game was played at Sean Tracy Park on September the 12th where Emily recorded a one-point win, seven points to one three. The second semi were Harrowville Rovers and Aharrow to Bancha on September the 28th. The Rovers proved too strong, winning by 2-9 to eight points. The final was played at Kappa White on October the 26th. Emily sent a dozen first-half wides and trailed at the interval by four points to five. Early in the second half, Billy Gleeson for Harrowville Rovers and George Dawson for Emily swapped goals. But as the half advanced, Emily seemed to be the better side as they gradually slipped into a three-point lead. However, the end of the match produced major dramatics. A Paddy Maher free for Rovers cut the margin to two points, and in four minutes from the end, an Eamon O'Dwyer goal put Arville a point up. There was more thrills to come. As the game ticked into overtime, Shavit Manis rounded his marker, but Rovers goalie Tommy Toomey made a point-blank save, injuring himself in the process. Deep into at a time, Emily had another chance to save the game. But the late David Burns free went off the post and for the restart, Damon O'Dwyer had the ceiling point as Arrival won by 2-8 to 1-9. Parik Moore was the winning captain who accepted the cup from board chairman Seamus King. In the county semi-final, Arrival played Camel Oak and Kerr on December the 14th. Goals from Eamon O'Dwyer 2 and Brian Gasheen, Arrival led by 3-3 to 1-3 at the interval. The West champions maintained their advantage for the second half the Wakamil goal near the end put them under pressure. They survived to win by 3-6 to 2-7 after a game of many errors from both sides. It was January 24, 1998 when Arrival faced J.K. Bracken in the county final at Temple Derry. The mid-champions had an early goal and they looked the superior side in the first half as they raced into an interval advantage of 1-6 to a point. Arrival now had the wind at their backs for the second half and they stormed into the game with two goals within 11 minutes of the restart. Billy Gleeson and Penny Maher credited with the vital scores. By the three-quarter stage, Mark Hanley pointed out a level, and a minute later, the same player, the West champions, in the lead. Penny Maher made a two-up for the Westmen, and even though the midmen got one back, a great Tommy Toomey save in the last minute denied Brackens a reprieve. The 1997 West Minor A Football Championship was sponsored by the Royal Hotel Tipperary, and eight teams took part. Teams are divided into two groups, the top two from each section qualifying for the semi-finals. Group 1 contained Cashew Cormacks, Canote Rosmore, Galti Rovers and Gornick and Fecal. While Group 2 featured Arlo, Arval Rovers, Kickhams and Rose Green. Galti Rovers and Gornick and Fecal emerged from Group 1, while Arval Rovers and Kickhams were the semi-final qualifiers from Group 2. Both semis are fixed for July 31st. Kickhams conceded a walk over to Galti Rovers, while Arrival Rovers had a 1-10 to 2-5 win over Golden in the second semi, played at New Win. It was a dramatically late win. At half-time, Golden led by 2-5 to 5. The goals coming from a James Tierney penalty and from Kevin McCarthy. Golden, the reigning champions, squandered a lot of second-half chances, but still led by two points as the game went into added time. Then dramatically, Arrival Rovers' Barry Walsh was fouled. Paul Tobin goaled the penalty for a stunning win. The final played at Golden on August the 20th. It was a scrappy game. Arrival started brightest and went three up early on, but Ganty sit back to level the game. 
Then, 20 minutes into action, Brian Gashin had an hour of a goal, and before the interval, Conor Morrissey had a cancelling goal for Gals. The sides were level on five occasions in the first half, including half-time, one four apiece. The pattern was similar in the second half, with the teams level on several occasions, fitting it in the one ten apiece, Brian Gashin getting the levelling score for Arable. Sides were back at goal on the Monday, September the 1st, for the replay. This time, the bench side were without Eddie Grace, who was injured, and Nile O'Shea was suspended. But after a quarter of an hour, it looked like a repeat of the drawn tie. The sides levelled again at three points each. Five minutes from the interval, Arable hit an important goal. Conan Ryan, the goal scorer, is led by one five to four points at half time. In the third quarter, Galtys rise again to cut the lead to the minimum. But in Mark Hanley had Arable's second goal, and that effectively signalled the end for Galtys. Arable won in the end by seven points, two nine to eight points, with team captain Paul Tobin accepting the cup from Seamus King, who was the board chairman. In the county semi-final, Arable played South Champions Artfin at the Cashel on September the 6th. Arable started well and went three up, but then Artfin had a goal. However, Rovers with the wind at their backs controlled again to regain the lead. And then their position was consolidated when Gary Hogan goals. They led by 1-6 to 1-1 at the interval. In outstanding second half, the South Champions fought back and were mere point to drift 1-9 to 1-8 with four minutes remaining. The play was now hectic, but Mark Hanley set up Darren Moore for a crucial insurance point. Arable advanced 1-10 to 1-8. Arable faced Kildang in the final New win on September the 21st. It was a curtain race to the senior final and looked like a cakewalk for the West Champions in the first half. The Roars went five up in the first quarter, and before the interval had goals in Gary Hogan and John O'Donnell, the lead by 2-5 to a point at half time. It was a 10-point lead that looked unassailable. But remarkably, Kiladang had turned the game on his head in the second half, got 10 points without reply to level the match five minutes from the end. Arlevel had failed to score in that 25 minutes, but now, facing a shock defeat, the West Champions suddenly found deep reserves and rallied remarkably in the final moments. Substitute Barry Watch gold and won a penalty converted by Paul Tobin as Arlevel hit 2-3 in the final five minutes of the half. An extraordinary game saw Arlevel crowned champions by 4-8 to 11. Michael Power, Vice Chairman of the County Football Board, presented the cup to Paul Tobin. Broadcasting from the heart of Tipperary, this is Tip Midwest Radio, the real voice of Tipperary. Tipperary Midwest Radio Sport. 1997 will go down as one of the most successful years in the history of Arable Rovers GAA Club, winning the West and County Minor A Football Championship along with winning the West and County Junior A Football Championship. And to complete a great season, they won the West and County Intermediate Hurling Championship and recently are caught up with three of the players. Donald Ryan won Intermediate Hurling Championship medals along with the Junior Football Championship, where he lined out at midfield for both teams. And another man that won two county medals on that year in Junior Football, but also Minor Football, at the age of 16, was Brian Bockard Lachin. But we will first hear from the minor football captain, Paul Tobin, and he remembers the West Championship, especially the final against Galtier Rovers, but also a titanic struggle against Golden Kilfeekel. Yeah, against Golden, we got out of jail as well. We were down by a point and we got a penalty in the last minute of the game and fortunately enough to score, then we won. And then to a replay with Bansha, which, to be honest with you, we rode our luck a few times, but the first game... We were very lucky, but the second game, we kicked on, we won it well. Like 
that was it and once you're out of the West then we knew we were going to come up some good teams in the South and we came up against Art Finnan who beat us in an under 16 county final but with all the same players really I remember it was a hot day over in Cashel and we fairly gave it to him it was a case of sink or swim in that game of course it was but also we had a bit of a score to settle with him because as I said they beat us in a county final in the win in the under 16s and we said right we're not going to be beaten again I think that's what kind of spurred us on a lot Brian, your memories of it? Yeah, just as Paul is talking there, ourselves and Banshee came through the group stages would have been fairly comprehensively at the time and you knew you were probably going to invite them in the semi-final. But we didn't think we'd have the game we had against Golden and I remember having to go back into goals due to an injury to Richie Swords late on in the game and we were received the penalty in the last kick of the game when we were a point down and Paul Tobin was the penalty taker <laughs> coming up from centre back to take it but he'd never missed them and on the day I remember us all shouting up put the ball over the bar we'll go to a replay we'll never have a bad day like this again full belt <laughs> st- straight down the middle but normally when Paul takes a penalty he will go with ferocious power yeah there's plenty of power but straight down the middle plenty of power keeper dived and we maybe he dived out of the way <laughs> <laughs> but I played as a forward all my life and I, I think if I came to that situation in the last minute I would have tapped it over the bar myself but that'll tell you the type of player Paul was but going on to the West final then like the bench you knew Niall O'Shea Colin Hayes Colin Morrissey's Pam Morrissey's Mark Peters there were some games you look at the Arable team like Mark Hanley but up the centre of Andrew Lacey Paul Tobin John O'Donnell Michael McAvoy Dara Moore Pat Duggan Ivan Flynn we have a fella full back Ted McGrath oh, the yeah. Bull McGrath they call him loads of talent Gary Hogan inside in the full forward line had more skill than any footballer in the county of the year and you know and against Art Finnan in the county semi-final he scored that wonder volley into the oh, top yeah. corner and we all know what happened the day of the final we were 10 points up at half time against Killadangan it was too easy and we togged down to school the same day because the senior final was on and I remember we all inside in the school sitting down we were all laughing at half time that this is over being the cocky youngful as we were but lo and behold with 5 minutes to go the game was level I always remember inside the dressing room we were all the youngfulest we had it one like that is the mentality. The first time I've ever actually realised we were sitting in there and it was like, yeah, yeah. And I can remember poor Sean Moore was like going, lads, we have a second half to go. And How did Sean Moore address you then? Well, in fairness to Sean, like he was trying to say, right, lads. And even amongst ourselves, we were going, right, lads, there's nothing done. But we found the first half was just a breeze. And that's not a bad reflection on Kildangan. It was just how good we were that day. We just tore through him. And to a man in the dressing room, we shut down. And we came out in the second half, and I'm not joking you, we could not kick a ball. And it's like that in sport. If your levels drop, or if your mentality drops, you can forget about it. And we had to try and kickstart us. But as Brian said, we were 10 points up at half time, and with five minutes left, it was level. But it was like someone flicked a switch, and we kind of all said, oh, jeez, lads, we have to win this game. And we actually went on, and we went up winning by nine. It was funny, but it took him to score 10 unanswered points for us to kick on. 4-8, Brian, 2-11? Yeah, and I was, Paul was going the first half, and I was playing full forward myself. I remember I got a point in the final, which was from my own standard, mm. but it wasn't that I didn't get the ball. Paul said it was so easy in the first half, what was happening was we were flooding through from midfield and half yeah. forward, half backs, and the boys were tapping the balls over the bar, and I didn't have to touch the ball the full forward line. It was All we do is run out of the way. It was so easy, and we thought at half time we were going to win by 25 points. Again, once Killadayan got a sniff at us at all, we dropped. They had some good players too. Dan Hackett and... Hugh Flannery, um, Tommy, Tommy Connors, Connors, who went on to play for Tip as well. Yeah, Niall Kelly's brother, Fergal, played wing back and Dan yeah, Hackett centre back. Yeah. yeah. So they had a very good team, but Barry Walsh, to be fair to him, loads of talent. Barry was after moving from Offaly and Barry came down playing with us that year. That's Pop- the one he scored a goal in the pint. Yeah, yeah. Probably, probably unlucky to lose out in the place. He only used one sub in the game. 
Yeah, it was because I don't know. It was just that we were so comfortable. But I think Sean, in a way, trusted the players too that he would have had in the field. I remember he put me back full back for a while and put Andrew Lacey out centre back for a bit more of a presence because he's a bit physically bigger than me. Like, but through all the way up along, myself and Andrew would have had a good relationship. We'll say I would have been playing centre back and he would have been full back all the way up along. And we used to laugh if anything got past me. It wasn't going to get past him, you know. But I think that made a difference when he came out because he was a big presence, he was good in the air. He kind of drove us on a bit too. And then, as I said, it was like a switch was flicked. I just can't explain it. And if the game had went on any longer, I'd say we could have beaten him by yeah. more. You Mind know? describe the celebrations in the dressing room. Well, you see, I suppose the way we won it in the end with Barry coming on, I think Barry's first play, he caught a great ball and was taken down for a penalty. And again, Paul popped away the penalty. No sooner did the second ball come in, Barry caught it, sidestepped and buried one in the top corner. Then we were six up. Like I said, Steve, when you look at the programme, we only had a 20-man panel that year. Mm. So I suppose Sean had his trust and Niall Sheehan, who went on to play for Tip, Niall was only 14 or 15 in that final. Because I was an under-16 myself and I had never played with this group of players growing up. Like So to play with the likes of Paul, Andy, Johnny at that stage was an honour, you know, that, that much talent. And you could see it in the boys all year. I was only under 14 when they lost the under 16 final and the hurt was still there. In fairness to the subs, some of them were very young. So that's why Sean put faith in the players and six county minors that year. You know but I'll just show you that it was easy to play in the backs when you had forwards like Brian and Mark Hanley, John O'Donnell, Gary Hogan, Michael McAvoy. The boys would get to the ball and they take it on and they're not afraid to take a score. But the one thing I always laugh and every time I'd meet Gary Hogan, we'd laugh about it. Gary, if he got in the situation, with the ball in his hands and he got close and go he'd drop it onto his left foot and more than likely he'd bury it. He was so skillful and so well able to play that when he got the ball, it was nearly a guaranteed score. And it was the same with Brian. When Brian got the ball in there, you just knew it was a score. Whenever I saw Brian playing, he could kick freeze off the ground left and right. Yeah. Unique skill. Yeah. Oh listen, I've always had him and he'll tell you this himself. I withered him over times to sort himself out and like you know there was times he might come up to training you know and I'll tell you I played with Declan Brown he was the most natural footballer I've played with unbelievable but the only person I ever met was Brian Glasheen that could kick the ball with his left or his right foot. I was at a match one day and 3.45s, you kicked two of them with your left and one with your right. What kind of practice did you put into that or what was it? <laughs> oh look, um, Paul hit the nail on the head. Like, training practice is the key. I lived in Glenville Square. Since I was five years of age, I hopped the wall. I cut wires in the fence to get into the place. <laughs> I crawled under the tunnels to get out through the castle to get into the place. And we lived here. And this was just kicking balls over the bar. And I will always say, during my career of playing local sport, I wouldn't have been the best to train. I'd never lay a team down on match day at all. Were you lazy? I had that lazy streak in me, yeah. I would no doubt about it. But I guess, I suppose there was a bit of talent there somewhere playing. But one thing when I went training, even when fellas would be talking before the game, I would put down 10 frees and I'd go out to the 45 and I want to kick 10 and I'd do it after the game. So I always practice them kind of things, you know. Paul, you have a very interesting story. Yeah, well, look, I suppose I would like to mention Sean Moore and the job he did with us throughout the years of us coaching us. Like, we must have withered him. Like. What did he bring to the game? He brought a lot of different things. Like, I remember us, we were training with tackle bags and things like that, and that was unheard of. Like, but I think. He got us fit, but he got us physical. Like we were physically fit and physically strong, but he looked after us, and he also, as Brian will tell you too, like he arranged for us to play a friendly down in Kerry against Karen's O'Reilly's before it was Tip and Kerry were playing down there, and we actually lettered them, like we beat them well, and 
They wouldn't like that. No, but that was Sean's mentality. Like, you may as well go down and have a lash off these lads that are meant to be the bee's knees. Like, but he minded us too. Like, as a lot of the boys have better stories of him finding them in places that they shouldn't have been. I mean, he was a guard and he's professional. I remember a time I, he called me over the street talking to me and he was asking me about training and all this. And then he just says to me, he was driving the squad car at the time and he said, Paul, get in. And I was like, are you kidding me, Sean? I said, I'm not getting into the back of that. He said, get in. So he drove me around the place, the town, in the car, in the back of the city. He back gave you a guide to tour of the Yeah, as if I didn't know what the tour of the town was like. <laughs> and then he brought me home to Avondale and he just turned to me and he said, no, he said, that wasn't a pleasant. And I said, no, I said, well, don't ever let me catch you in the back of one of these. There's a hidden message there. like. What did you think about it at the time when he said that? To be honest, you kind of, being a teenager, like, yeah, whatever, yeah, yeah. But it's only as you become an adult when you actually realise that he did have your back and in fairness to him he looked after us all and I suppose Brian would have stories about him too but because I think that's great advice it is and it's true like and to be honest I can't thank him enough for what and every time even when you'd kind of retire from sport or when you weren't even playing or you'd always meet him and he'd always go back to games and how he knew every lad that played with him off by heart he would have known him because I'd say he withered them. The boys like John Flannery and the boys had no, they didn't really have interest in playing, but he used to find them and he'd say, right, come on, you're going training. And I'd say a lot of them would like to thank him for that too, because he kind of gave them a, an outlet. Was that the best football team that you ever played with? I actually think so, yeah. That's not too far-fetched, but I actually think it was probably one of the best teams ever because all over the team was just quality. Brian? You know, yeah, definitely. And Arville have went on to win four or five county minors since. And every year they win. They won one in 2004, I think. And they won a few of them. Then with Darren Lowry captain the team in 2007 to win. And every year you win one, you kind of compare them. For me, New Vandy Lacey playing full back and Paul Tobin playing players like that. And I think the following year that both lads went on to play for tip against Waterford below Clonmel in senior. So that'll tell you the quality they had. Even though I was a 15-year-old, thinking I'm able to look after myself, but as soon as the row started, when you had Andy and Paul Tobin in, the other fellow lads weren't I long about backing away. I agree, you know? but I think Andy's biggest job, and he was telling you, was to protect Pixie and goals, Richie Swords yeah. and goals. Why? Because it was just the stature of Andy, and the high ball would be coming in, and Richie could even stand and have a cigar <laughs> if he wanted, because <laughs> Lacey go in and catch the ball. Like, all Pixie was there for was to stop shots. He was class at it, yeah. like, you know. But Andy would just mind him in there. It was so funny. Everybody knew, like. And, and that's the beauty teams. about the team, like, and Sean Moore, as you said, is that this team ended up, and I know the old saying, band of brothers, but we come training here, we play a match, and next thing 12 of us will be walking up the town together to go up and yeah. get a few sweets or robbing all ice cream blowing the jet garage <laughs> on the van to road or whatever. <laughs> and, and that was the beauty about Sean Moore. Yeah. We'd often sneak away and try and have one can of mugshot or one bottle of mugshot or a bottle of cider when yeah. we were 15 or 16. But you can be sure on the Friday night that next thing the squad car pull up outside the Nash school and in comes Sean Moore walking knowing that the boys are around the corner somewhere and it was just get home I'll see you Tuesday night you know yeah. but he looked after us all and it was always even when he was on duty when we became 18, 19 a bit older and he'd be on duty around the town he'd call us over for a chat and, and Tommy Toomey done the world like yeah. Tommy was involved in that team as well like you know and the beauty with Tommy I remember the same year he was playing goals for St Michael's B and there was a massive connection with St Michael's and Arvill Rovers that year like I said, we won the youth league. And Tommy Richardson would have a lot. Tommy was chairman Tommy of the club yeah. that year. And what Tommy done for football in the coming years yeah. was nothing short of phenomenal, you know. So Let's move forward now, Brian. Talk to me about the junior campaign. The junior campaign was absolutely amazing. Um, to think it's 24 years ago now makes me feel old. I was 15 on the day of the final. And I'll always remember, like, I was manager of Arvill Rose four years ago to win the county junior again, 20 years later. And uh, to think back of the memories of 97, 
no one gave us a chance in the junior. I don't think we would have ever won the junior, but the hurlers were going well and the minors were going well and all of a shot then. We were playing in the county junior league, you know, and a few things. Next thing we got to the West semi-final and West final and decided to drift in a few of the younger fellas. And next thing came Donny and a few of the hurlers. I think we, in fairness, we robbed Emily on the day. Tommy Toomey got injured. I went to goal myself. That was the start of it. So let's get to views now from Donald Ryan. Yeah, as Brian was saying, the lads were going well. We were playing the hurling. We were concentrating on hurling. But football, to me, wasn't my first sport. So um, they drifted us, a few of us in because probably we were fit. We said we'd give it a shot. We joined in. We made a good team. Brian did say on the day of the final, Emily probably were better. But it was just the way we never gave up. It's a funny story. I wouldn't be the best to score in football. I, I always <laughs> passed it off to the lad. And I was on that day. Uh, and you were I playing midfield. midfield. Yeah, and I was inside just the 45 yard line. And I, I went to take a shot. And I heard this shout coming from the side. Don't kick it right. I'm going to try it right. <laughs> and I went over the bar. So I looked out and said, this is it. And I came on and scored another point after that. So it was the type of game it was. It was never, as, as Brian said, Tommy got injured and Brian came in as a, did you come in as a sub? I, you came in as a goal. Yeah, because as I said, it was only 15. I wasn't yeah. really involved in the junior, the adult side setup. And I came in and next thing we got to the county semi-final and Tom O'Donoghue, we were after going so well and I was after training then and next thing he named the team and I was in the team below yeah. care against Clamell and we were underdogs. Yeah. But players like, I remember the full forward line that day he went with Eamon Hawk of the Wire, Mark Hanley who was after shooting the lights out in the minor, there was myself. And then when we look back the field with George Stapleton, Dara Moore, yeah. Padraig Moore, Pat Duggan. And so there were six of our minor winning team. There's some very serious football Tom there. Tom Mel were yeah. favourites to win that game. We only beat win that by a point, a point, a point yeah, wasn't think, it? Yeah. In the last minute, Tom Mel were favourites. The look seems to have been with us that year. We were just playing very well, all of us as a team. But that was a very hard game as well. And uh, But we had great players. And a lot of the minors and plus the juniors. There was a good balance between Richie Lohan, I think, was on it as well, wasn't he? Mm. Brendan Lohan. Brendan Lohan. So the county final then wasn't played until two months after, back in January. So we were county minor champions for, we'll say, two months and the lads were still training hard to hurling, but all of a shot then, throughout that Christmas period, we had our married versus singles, and there was yeah. 40 lads turned up, so you knew the buzz was in the club, but came to that final. We were 10 points down at half time, yeah, 9, 10 yeah. points down at half time, yeah. to J.K. Brackens, yeah. and that Brackens team had Eamon Cochran, Kevin Mulrine, they were strong players, they were on the tip senior hurling and senior football teams at the time, and I remember sitting inside in the dressing room, as a young fella, sitting down, well, Davy Walsh and Golly the Wire, what they didn't say to the young fellas at halftime, they blamed us, they gave it to us, ye have ye county minor now. The young fellas didn't deliver, simple as. Your heads were down, so what got your heads back up then? Davy Walsh was a player I admired, he had won a county with the seniors, and fellas like Golly then, and Brendan Lohan, Tony and Parley Moore, Mark Leeson, Bill played full played forward in the forward. final, like, and Bill was a big target man, you know, and even the winning of the game, like, Paddy Maher came on and Paddy was probably unlucky not to start in the final and in came Paddy Maher and two high balls came into the square and Bill put up the hand and Paddy being the brain he has been a soccer player footballer rugby player read the break picked up two balls and buried the two of them and we came back and even Tommy Toomey again in the last minute of the game we were up by two points and they went for a goal and Tommy was caught off his line and backpedaled pulled it out of the top corner and smashed his head off the post he was taken off the hospital and I had to stand in to go for the last two minutes, but we held on to win the game and unreal celebrations above in Temple Derry in January. It was a cold place. Like I said, the players were phenomenal. Like 
Paddy O'Donnell, Paddy Delaney, Jamesy Hogan, all these fellas yeah, yeah. were tagged out that day yeah. as well. Like. So, Donny, you would have been fairly familiar now with Jacob Packins. You went out and you beat him very low scoring. To the best of my knowledge, 166 points was the final yeah. score in that game. If, yeah, I was very familiar with him. And we knew going up to Borland in the county final that they were going to be a very hard team to beat. Conditions were very, very soft underneath. But it wasn't um, a high-scoring game, but it was a very physical game from the start to the finish. And there was a lot of stops and starts in the first half due to small injuries and freeze and things. But we got off to a very good start. Phil Cahill got one of three in the backs and took a long-range free, and Johnny O'Donnell met it as it was coming in and batted into the goal. So we had the goal up in two minutes into the game. Johnny was very good, very good in the freeze and brilliant in the forwards. Like he, he scored goals in most of the games as we came from the West Final onwards. But they came back very, very strong in the second half. Fairness to our backs and, and Mikey Kirk, our goalie, the man in the match that day, he pulled off some great saves. They came back very strong. They bombarded the goalies with balls, but boys held out. And even though two minutes to go, they had a sideline ball and they landed it right in the square. But it was whipped away and we held on to win by the, the goal. What was it like for you to win two county medals? Oh, it was fantastic. Like, if I had to go back to January 97 and say that we were going to win four, two western two counties in the year, there was no way I wouldn't believe in it. But it was something about the year as we started at the start and we trained. But as the year went on, there was a serious gel of players in that year. There was seven sets of brothers in that, on that team. Four O'Donnells on it, three of the Gleasons, two of the Lohans, two of the Moors, two of the Quirks, two of the Cumsons. Myself and John was our manager. Talk to me about the management and the backroom team. There was only like John, my brother, he was brought in as a manager, but John would have been a very big part of this team as well. For a few years before that, he was playing a match in Dune and a challenge game and got a, a nasty belt. That stage. put paid to his career. Yeah, he finished at that stage. So, what kind of training did he put you through? It was hard training. Okay, back 24 years ago, during the week there was a lot of running, but he brought in relays. Relay was a huge thing with us, and we looked forward to it. So there was four people taking on four in, in a relay. If anyone remembers Sean Tracy Park down in the bottom field, there was a bigger bank at the, the back of the wall. We used to run up and down that. We had to go up down, touch the flag, come down and hit the next fella to come back up again. And on the weekends, he decided to bring in training at 8 o'clock on a Sunday morning. Like, we had to be on the field at o'clock. So if you went out Saturday night, you knew you had to be What training. was his thinking behind that? To get you home early Saturday night and to respect that everyone turned up. Whether you were out, you turned up training. It looked like to me then, Donny, that every player gave it his all. Every player. On the field, we played challenge matches against ourselves as hard as we would be playing any championship match. You were sore coming off the thing. It was, there was no standing back from your other, like, you know. Who else was with him? John O'Dwyer, Joe Power and Dominic Ryan. Paul, Donny was just saying there about early morning training. You were semi-professional at League of Ireland level. Are you familiar with that kind of training? No, I agree with Derek Donny 100%. We, with Limerick, Noel O'Connor, no matter where he would have been up the country playing, Noel O'Connor would say, right lads, we train at 8 o'clock Sunday morning. If you can't be there, it's a lack of respect to the rest of your teammates. And you just get up and you go in. And once you have it done, you have it done. Mm -hmm. And then, as Donny said, the physical side of training, as Donny said, we killed each other training. And you train how you play. Maybe you that's why you won so much. I think so, and it's the way the lads, they won the county intermediate, they won the county junior. That's not by accident. If you're doing it outside in the field of training, you're going to do it in the pitch. It's that simple. You know? Tony? Yeah, I agree with Paul. And it wasn't that it was a tent to catch us out if we were out, because you went out on a Saturday night, but you had respect for your other. You went home, you turned up on the field for eight hours. You were here at quarter eight, maybe before it, on the field, and we trained for that hour, hour and a half 
full on and with some serious tussles on the field when we were marking each other. Phil Cahill was there, Phil had cut the head off you if you weren't <laughs> close enough to him. And that's the way it was, he wouldn't spare you whether you were one of his buddies, he just wouldn't spare you. And the same with Richie Lohan, wouldn't spare you if you were near him. And we had serious training but we actually enjoyed every bit of it. Brian, Albert Rovers won the County Senior Football Championship way back in 1985. How come that they haven't won one since? If you had won the county junior, you won the county minor, what is wrong? Can you put your finger on it? <laughs> well, I ended up playing senior for 17, 18 years myself, Stevie. Um, 1997 was such a special year. And the next few years after that, we lost some fantastic players in the club. Mark Cummins moved to Dublin and Andrew Lacey took up a position as a guard and went to Dublin. And we lost Brian Lacey, who went on to win an All-Star with Kildare. So these few players were left, you know, and at the time too, we forget that St. Michael's won an FAIU Cup in 94, 95 as Paul was on the 95 team. And soccer was a big game back then. At that time in 97, soccer was my first love and it was the way of a lot of people. But even when Arville started getting very strong, it took a good few years. It took for Darren Lowry, the Leahy's, Timmy Dalton's, maybe 2007, 2008 for that to happen. So we had a very lean spell for 10 years. Yeah. And I remember in 2001, Arville Rovers failed to field an under-21 team in the championship. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. And look at that programme of players that Paul mentioned. We failed to field a team the year after. So the following year, we went into an under-21B championship and I captained the side myself. And I had to go along and get my brother, Roger O'Connor, a lot of lads like that, Wayne Rogers, who are fantastic players. We went on to win the county under-21B football championship that year in 2002. We played in the West Senior Final against Bench and they bet us 14 points to eight outside in Golden. And I clapped my hands and thought I was going to win many a West Senior football. I never played in another final until 2011, which we won against Aero Ganacarty. And in fairness, the, the bunch of players went through. We went down to win one in 13, 15 and 17. But we lost three or four county semi-finals, four or five county quarter-finals. It was a bit of unlucky, but I still think during all that, we were missing maybe a small tweak of professionalism like other clubs brought. We were good and we were very good and we worked hard at it. Yeah, it's, been there, it's probably a bit of that, but... Also, you probably do need heart and you need gel. And if you're missing a small bit of that, that can actually affect the whole team. A combination of combination serious of commitment. Serious commitment and working hard on the field, every one of them. I, I think then that's the... You know, and I think the unfortunate thing was that a lot of the boys, Gaelic here, it wasn't their first sport. No. In a way, it was hard because Clan William were so successful, St. Michael's were so successful, Kilfeekel were so successful. Yeah. Like... Mm. It was different if this was a small little parish because we definitely would have won it. You know yourself, Brian, we would just be waiting outside that gate and we didn't know who would turn up. Yeah. Yeah. That was the sad thing about it. But Jade Paul, you give the commitment. We did, yeah, but I think as you get older then, you can't play them all. It's detrimental to yourself, but also to the club, you know? Yeah, yeah. Because I remember as the years went on, we used to be getting to the cars, driving down to people's houses to put to yeah. get someone to pick them up to go to a yeah, match. Yeah. You're going from a panel of maybe 24 down to looking for 15 to turn up for a game. Yeah. That's where it happened. As you said, once the other clubs were on, were getting successful in things, it was drawing people. Mm -hmm. So young fellas were making the choice. They were either going to play the rugby or, or play soccer, but they couldn't go and play all three. But, but still, you'd drive down, they'd jump into the car and go, but they wouldn't just come up and be here for the game. But they'll go and play if you called them. You have to say, that. like, in the town yeah, we live yeah. in, the facilities for sport are unbelievable. On the town itself, and, like, yeah. and as you said, no matter where you go, like, first class up here, it's a great thing for the town to have such facilities like it, like, you know, but looking in here now, Sean Tracy Park and the setup, and it's, it's quality. The one thing, like, too, like, uh, the question that always got asked, Paul, is, why teams, St. Michael's, Arvillon, why do you lose players at minor? It's the hardest question. And unfortunately... Fellas go to college. Yeah, fellas go to college, fellas travel the world. But 
One of the probably big ones as well that people don't like to admit is when you've got a senior team and you've 25 minors coming off it, you have a senior panel like, and unfortunately it's going to take an exceptional minor to come into a senior setup. Straight away. And the one thing where the GA is trying to rectify it is that from minor to 21, lads went to college, lads disappeared. So if you did, weren't good enough for the senior team, you tend to go away from yeah, GA. Didn't come back. It just goes to show, and I'm manager of a soccer team now, as you know, Stevie, you really do have to live in the moment and enjoy the moment. Don't be thinking about next year or two years or three years. Live in the day and enjoy the day. And any day you put on your socks is a good day. Back to Donny for a moment. You didn't have such good days yourself. In the county final, you broke your collarbone. Yeah, three or four miles to go till the end of it, I ran into a, a wall and uh, broke my collarbone. But the guy coming out of the wall was trying to stop it. As I said, there was only a puck of a ball in it and ended up meeting me wrong and broke the collarbone. And I remember going down in the ground and the lads running into me. And I thought it was only just a normal bruise or whatever it was. And I got up and I said, it wasn't coming off. I refused to go up. But then when I went to swing the hurley, the arm wouldn't move. So I had to go. But... Uh, yeah, I had that injury and a few years later then I ended up playing against Ahara in a junior A match in Solihead in 2012. Five or ten minutes into the game I ran out and it was a bad spring and I turned the ankle and snapped the ankle. So I was there that evening and I actually went over to you. I'm fine, yeah. says Donny, I'm fine. <laughs> Typical of Donny. I said, are you in pain? Not at all. He said, couldn't put your leg under you. Yeah. And next thing, one of the lads anyway diagnosed that there was a break in the leg at that stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I had to limp off, yeah. So, yeah, so... That kind of finished my, my um, hurling career at that stage, at uh, 2012. When I, I was talking to your wife coming off the field and I said, not a bad injury. Or she said, I'll make sure this is the end of it. Donny, I said, the churl rolling is on next Saturday night. We're missing Donny. Fick the churl rolling. Remember that, yeah. Yeah, it was the week after. Donny, you're talking about experience and you're talking about tradition. Your nephew, Jonathan, now known as Johnny, went on to win Munster Minor Holland. He went on to win All-Ireland under 20. Fantastic for the family and fantastic for yourselves. Yeah, fantastic for us. Yeah, he's a great young fella. He puts, he puts his heart into it. And any time Jonathan is, gets a chance, he's in here practicing his freeze. That's what he wants to do. And uh, if he keeps doing that, he'll go places. And he's not afraid to get stuck in. And uh, he works hard. Brian, can we go back to the junior? Who was involved in management with you there? Tom Richardson was club chairman and he was involved in the selecting with Tom O'Donoghue, Bernie O'Brien. Paddy Maher Sr., who, God rest his soul, passed away there recently. Paddy was a great lad to have around. And when you think back in, in that number of years, like Hugh Kennedy was the driving yeah. force behind our minor and senior teams. Tommy Richardson took over the senior for a few years. And Tommy was an unbelievable manager. He managed us to win that under 21 that year. He was chairman of the club. He was, the he was a huge uh, loss. Yeah, just as Paul said when we went, I said that barren spell came from 97. It wasn't by any coincidence that Tom Richardson passed away in 2002, 2003, yeah. that we had a lot of barren years. It took a while to get going and we went back intermediate football. Tom definitely was Tom a huge loss. Huge loss to the club, huge loss to the club when, he, when he passed. And another man that was very much involved in the club was my neighbour outside, Dan Sheridan. He had a huge amount of work on the field work here and different things, but absolutely, he jumped for joy that day and went down to the pub and celebrated it, blowing Tracy's that night. You look back on stories like that in 97, I get 15, 20 years walking over to Glenville Square and you just love walking over with Jimmy O'Connell and having the conversations. Jimmy was treasurer for years, you know. But 97 is certainly the one year I look back at, like Paul said, about that minor team. And it doesn't feel like 24 years no, ago, not, but no. unfortunately it is. Tipperary Midwest Radio Sport.
that's all we have time for folks. Thanks again to Stevie and Francis and also Tipperary Midwest Radio for the use of the audio. Huge thank you to Donal Ryan, Baca Glasheen and Paul Tobin for their contributions and we wish Arvid Rovers all the best in 2021. In the next episode, we look back on Emily's success from 2001. Until next time, Tibber Arnaboo.